Aloha, I'm Sol, your host and founder of Sol University. The holiday season is packed with many unhealthy, unpleasant traditions that can spoil our sense of well-being on many levels. For example, overeating, overdoing, overspending. Boy, those are some common actions during the holidays, eh? What else happens for you during the holidays? Do you all of a sudden find yourself feeling overwhelmed? Maybe you feel more alone than ever before because most of your social circles gets caught up in the holiday cyclone. Are the holidays less than a happy time for you? If so, it's time to add more happiness by joining us in this series. You see, we're going to connect weekly starting the last week of November through the second week of February. Every week we have not only a lecture, but a live class. Each class provides time to laugh, vent some frustrations, and to offer support to other people in class. I invite you to join us to navigate the holiday season with a lot more confidence. Now time for the lecture part of our class time together. After this lecture, to register for the series, click the links at the bottom of the page. Follow the registration instructions to join us for our weekly, live, lively conference call classroom. I look forward to meeting you and to being of service. And now, time for class. All right, we are now at that wonderful time where it's very common to think of new beginnings. A new year offers that energy of new beginnings. So we kick off the beginning energy, the beginning of a new year. How can we set ourselves up to be more happy, more healthy, and then have a little more fun in life? I'm going to suggest three different areas of focus. We'll open up the lines for further discussion for those who are enrolled in the program. And we'll dive deeper in the second half of our time together. The first item we're going to talk about is proactive versus reactive. It's about balance. If you think of a teeter-totter, the relationship between proactive and reactive, the center between the two is a balance. We'll dive into that just a little bit. Then we're going to talk about the concept of placing ourselves first, placing yourself first and how that's actually being wise, while some people may call it being selfish. And we'll delineate between the two. And the last item that we'll look at is, how do we create a drama-free life? We'll start out with creating a drama-free day, and we'll work into expanding it one day at a time. First item we're going to look at is proactive versus reactive. I often ask students and clients to think along the lines of the old scientific model that for every action, there's a reaction. That's binary thinking. To keep this really simple, for every action, there's a reaction. To be proactive, I'm going to switch gears and ask you to think about being mindful, be, be forward-thinking. And so for this year, to be more happy, more healthy, 
What are some of those proactive day-to-day things that will make you more happy and more healthy? I'll kickstart this conversation with something you've heard me talk about many times before. In prior shows, one of the best ways to be proactively more engaged in better health is just simply drinking more purified water. For those who are brand new to the series and have not heard some of my other shows, I shed my first 40 pounds out of 125 pounds by simply eliminating drinking any carbonated beverage and replacing it with just good old room temperature purified water. It's detoxing the system. So from a proactive stance, by just drinking water this year, more of it, more regularly, you're going to find less and less time reacting to colds and flus and viruses and basic stress in life. So proactive versus reactive. Think about this now. Let's get out a piece of paper and a pencil, and if you were to score yourself between being proactive and reactive, more often than not, if you look back over last year, were you more proactively engaging life, meaning you planned for something and then it happened, and then you planned for something else and then it happened? Or were you more reactive, meaning, yeah, you know you should have done something, but you didn't, and then something happened where you had to deal with your lack of doing what you know you needed to do. It's like that classic tooth decay. Your teeth may give you a warning shot that you might need to get into the dentist, and if you put it off long enough, the day will come where you have to make that emergency room visit. (laughs) So proactive versus reactive. I find in my own life, I live a much more healthy, happy life by being proactive, being mindful, thinking forward. And this is something that we can dive deeper in our call-in time. Proactive versus reactive. Are you more proactive or are you more reactive in life? Let's get that balanced to where just a little bit of planning produces an extraordinarily beautiful amount of results. Next, placing yourself first. In Western culture, we are taught in many different ways to put everyone else's needs ahead of our own. True? Think about that. How many times have you heard that it's selfish to want to think about doing something for yourself or wanting something for yourself? And the classic example here, folks, come on, if you've ever taken a plane ride, what's one of those things the air host or hostess tells us to do in case of an emergency and the air mask drops, what do they tell you to do? They tell you to put that air mask on yourself first before you help anybody else. Why? Doesn't that seem a little selfish? Think about this. If you happen to pass out because you can't breathe because you were busy trying to help somebody else get their mask on, hello? (laughs) Placing yourself first. The first thing I want to invite you to think about as we start a new year, when it comes to relationships with other people, what's your relationships like with them? When a person asks you for something, do you often say yes 
when you really want to say no? Do you put another person's needs before your own more often than not? If that's the case, then this series, I want to begin to help you see how you can begin to shift a healthier balance into your life and do it in a way that can be supported by everybody. And the first thing I'm going to invite you to do is get comfortable with saying no thank you or no I'm really overextended as it is. Before you even say that to someone else, if you find that you are indeed putting other people's needs ahead of your own, I invite you to take this challenge. And the challenge can be quite exciting. This year, just start letting people know you're going to be making changes in life. What those changes are, you don't know yet. You don't know exactly what those changes are. But you are going to be making changes in life and leave it. At th- it reminds me of a <laughs> fabulous radio show I was listening to. And somebody told me that they changed their voicemail at the beginning of the year a few years back, and they haven't changed it since. And their voicemail went something like this. It says, hi, thanks for calling. We're out making changes in the world. Feel free to leave a message at the tone. If we do not call you back, you're one of the changes we've made in our lives. (laughs) I thought that was pretty bold. One of the things that I've noticed as a teacher, as a guide, as a coach, is I let people know that as you engage the change process, it can be very scary, not only for yourself doing the changes, but it can also be scary for other people in your life because other people in your life know you as the person that you were. So part of the change process of putting yourself first is just giving folks a warning shot across the bow that you're going to be making changes this year. And you're going to do your best to let them know what those changes are in advance and that they can be part of the process with you. You can take some of the fear about, oh, my God, what are you going to do? What are you going to change? You don't know yet, but when you do know it, let them know in advance as much as you can. So if you're one of those people who do put other people's needs ahead of your own, One of the things you might be interested in saying to people is, this year I'm making some changes. I'm getting more balance back into my life. And one of the ways that I'm getting more balanced back in my life is balancing the time that I spend taking care of myself and taking care of everybody else. Simple things like that. And if anybody gives you any problem with you wanting to be more balanced, it's time to have a serious discussion. To me, balance is healthy. Think about this. Our own bodies like balance. If our own bodies get too cold or too hot, what does it do? It tries to find that balance again, yeah? So finding balance is far from being selfish. It's being wise. What do you need to do this week? What do you need to do today that you can start placing yourself first? Might it be just simply drinking more water to be more healthy? Yeah, I'm pushing water. I know. (laughs) All right, next. I think this is probably the most interesting way of shaking up life. And it can create exactly what we're trying to get rid of before we get rid of it. (laughs) 
How's that for being vague? Creating a drama-free life. Drama-free life. To me, the only type of drama I like in my life is when I buy a theater ticket or I'm purposefully inviting drama into my life. One step that I've noticed in my own life that has made a tremendous difference is this concept of respect. And I'm going to parlay respect into an all-too-common social interaction known as gossip. Oh, God. I live on Hawaii's Big Island, and let's just say if you've ever lived in a small town, even though the island might be fairly large, uh, the, the way news travels around the island is just amazing. And I've gotten a bit of a reputation that I don't gossip. I refuse to be part of anything that even feels like gossip. And for some people, that's a scary thing because they thrive on gossip. I'm some sort of alien because I do not participate in gossip. Now, think about this. To me, gossip is defined as one person talking about another person who they don't have all the facts ever. You really don't. I don't have all the facts, even on the people that I know and love dearly. And to speak about them and what they're doing and who they're doing with and why they're doing it, and I'm conjecturing, that's gossip. And how many times in life has some drama cropped up for you because somebody has been gossiping about you or about what you're doing or what you're not doing or who you're doing it with or who you're not doing it with? Our society uses gossip in ways that are so life-robbing in the form of doubt, guilt, shame, and worry. So to set ourselves up to be a much happier, healthier life, enjoying more fun in life, I invite you to take a really close look in your role in gossip. Do you gossip? Do you share information about another person or, or, or project that you really aren't all that well advised to do. You're conjecturing. You're offering your opinion. One of the ways that I have learned in my life that can be, I guess for some, a buzzkill, <laughs> but it definitely kills the gossip weed. To me, gossip is a weed in our garden of life. It can choke the living life out of things is when a person starts talking to me about another person, and I don't care if they're talking about their partner. I don't care if they're talking about someone that I know they know very well, and that person has complete confidence and faith in them to talk about them. If someone is talking about someone else, and that someone else isn't on the phone or in the conversation live with us, then I generally defer to saying something like, until we have that person here with us to share notes, I think I'd like to talk about something else. That cuts it pretty quick. One of the more interesting things that I have found with dear, cherished relationships is they've come to know that I do not gossip. 
I do not share things about them to other people. If I know you and I know you really well, then somebody comes along, even if it's another great person that's a good friend in my life, and they come along and say, hey, I know so. Why don't you tell me about them? They say, how's this sound? Do you mind me giving your name and phone number to them? And if they're interested in talking to you, I imagine they will call you up or they'll invite you to dinner or something. The point of the story is, if you're curious about someone, go ask them. Don't ask me. (laughs) One of the ways that I've eliminated drama in my life is the concept of privacy, the concept of confidentiality, the concept of a sacred space in a friendship is what creates magic in life. And part of our holiday survival series is to help tap into magic that's all around us every minute of every day. My challenge to you on this week six is to always take care of yourself first, especially when you're in that new beginning stage of something, whether that's a new beginning in a relationship a place you're living, a new job, something that's a new beginning that's substantial, please take care of yourself. All right, that's it. Lecture time is done. Time to get into our conference call classroom. And in class, we're going to explore more the information that you just experienced in this lecture. I want to welcome everybody back, those who are simply listening in. Thank you for joining us. And... Where do we begin? Rick, Cheryl, Marcia, Brigetta, I know you're here with us once again. I want to welcome you back. What trumpet did you chew on the most? This is Marcia from Boston. The idea of giving to myself and not having people look at me or act like I'm being selfish because I'm giving more to myself now. What pinged it for you? Why is this particular topic about taking care of yourself by making sure you're taking care of yourself first, is this something new? Because for years I had been giving of myself through service, and I never really took a look at it from the point of view that I really needed more time for myself, Mm. and I was ignoring some of the things that I really needed to do for myself. When I started taking the class with Pay Me What I'm Worth That, I really became more aware of the fact that it's okay for me to say no now. Whereas before, I wasn't comfortable with saying no. That was a no. You don't want to say no, especially if it's volunteer work. (laughs) By saying no, especially the volunteer work, we invite all sorts of perceived judgments from a variety of people, yeah? Absolutely, yeah. But even then, if I don't know what they're saying, it's none of my business. I don't really care. But if they do say something to me, I feel that I'm justified with saying no because I have a good reason. And then that reason is I need time for me. It's okay. I'm important, too, in other words. I had never looked at it like that before. Shocking, I tell you. Shocking. You're going to bring the (laughs) entire world down, Marsha. Don't you know it's better to give than receive for crying out loud? Come on. 
<laughs> yeah, but I need to receive. Yeah. I need to receive for myself. There you go. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Anybody else identify with this, especially over the holidays? This is Cheryl from the Big Island. My thing that popped out was that since I took the class last year, I did make myself a little more receptive to the proactive and reactive and was able to stand back and observe the drama instead of take place in it. To be able to see different people at different stages in their lives and realize what they're doing, it really made it easier for me to stop partaking in that. (laughs) So if I'm hearing you correctly, Cheryl, the more you become objective by being able to just observe, the less stress you're experiencing. Is that accurate? Yes, absolutely. The drama, you can see how others create the drama themselves. (laughs) And doubt, shame, guilt, worries, any one of them will just eat you alive. And all it does every time you sit there and question yourself is the action of the drama. Yeah. So... Now, come on, doubt, guilt, shame, worry during the holidays? Oh, is that even possible? (laughs) It just comes out of nowhere, I think, during the holidays. (laughs) We're faced now with the clicking of the clock and the turning of a new year as we get into that reflective mode of which we talked about in our last class, whole concept of reflection. Doubt can really raise its ugly head. Shame, worry, guilt, all of them are... On standby for quite the party, aren't they? Yes. (laughs) And it's funny, it's like Cheryl said, it's nice to be able to be aware. I can see the chaos and I can literally hear people in their chaos. And they are creating their own chaos, of course. It's nice to have that center of peace inside of me where I can see the difference in me. And my center of peace is balanced. It's stable compared to what I'm seeing other people go through. Mm -hmm. So that's nice. Yes, especially I'm a veer. Yes, I'm more aware of what's going on since I started taking the course. I listen before I speak more, and I don't like to listen long to some of the conversations. (laughs) and. Uh, yeah, I always felt like that. I needed to listen to people more and feel sorry for them. And, but I found out that sometimes listening makes me feel worse, and so I'm trying to get out of that. I'm more aware of the fact that I always did try to take care of people, but that was my fault. They usually did not expect me to. It's just that I thought that I was supposed to, and uh, so I'm, I'm trying to change that. I'm trying to drink more water. I'm up to five glasses a day. I can't yes. seem to make it to eight yet. Yes! Um, awesome! Our brains are mostly water, and most people are so dehydrated that they wonder why they're cloudy and fuzzy and sleepy yeah. and angry, and uh, dehydration goes a long way. <laughs> Thank you, Brigetta. Rick, do you have any particular item to chew on before we dive deep? This is Rick, instead of being reactionary. Because if I'm always reactionary, then I'm in flight and fight. And Mm -hmm. that's survival mode. Mm -hmm. Most of the people that I look around and see 
and observe are in survival mode. They aren't in proactive mode where they're actually using this wonderful apparatus to create a joyful, loving environment for themselves, which it's just a choice because that's the only thing that this bag of bones is worth (laughs) is to create a joyful, loving environment. What in the heck else could be the purpose of a person on this planet but to be happy? Although, I have to admit, especially at this time of the year, I have met my fill of Scrooges that they're not happy unless they're unhappy. (laughs) They're not happy if they can't be bitching and moaning and complaining and the world's going to hell in a handbasket. And if you try to talk happy talks, they're grumpy. But once you start talking bitch and moan, now they're happy. It's, yeah, I can... Really? Okay. They're Americans. Yeah. (laughs) Did you all pick up the sneaky little trick that I planted in tonight's class about putting yourself first? There's a step that I suggested you do that will automatically put yourself first. (laughs) What was that step? It's something about giving people a heads up. Recall that? Oh, yes. I recall that. Yep. What happens when you give people notice you're going to make a change? I think some people, when I tell them I'm going to make a change, oh, they get worried. Like, what do you mean you're going to make a change? What kind of change are you going to make? (laughs) You mean are you not going to talk to me anymore? What kind of change? And to bring clarity to the situation and let them know that I'm actually on this journey for change. I can't tell you every change that's going to happen, but I just want you to understand that if I don't get back to you right away, that's because I'm in my change. It's like that phone call that you had where they left the message. (laughs) If I don't get back to you, you're one of the changes I made. (laughs) But, yeah, pretty much letting people know that I can't be around negative energy. If that person that I'm talking to is so negative that it's just a waste of time for me to even be around them, that's another change. I don't want to be around that anymore. No. Mm-hmm. So you were putting up with it in the past is what I'm hearing. Oh, yeah. Oh, who puts yeah. up with negative people? Come on, Marsha, you must have been the only person... On the planet, who's ever put up with negative people? Brigetta, Rick and Cheryl, everybody listening. You never have had to put up with negative people, right? (laughs) Are you kidding me? (laughs) Some people, when they hear the word change, their gut gets all tight, knots begin to form. But when they hear the word grow, it seems to be more embraced. Mm. When we grow, we change. True? Absolutely true. (laughs) Yeah. How does that word feel to all of you? When you hear the word change, what's your initial gut reaction? It's the only constant in life, so you don't have a choice whether you're going to change or not. You're going to get old and die and turn into dirt. (laughs) Change is something that you can't help but do, but if you take a proactive stance toward it, then you could change any way that you choose to change. As people get to know you, they rapidly pick up on the fact that you're constantly evolving. You've set the precedent just by being the person you are. 
to anticipate you're going to be changing. There's no need to voice it. They can't ever tell what I'm going to say, ever. <laughs> That's too much work to think. <laughs> I'll get you in trouble. I'm a little bit confused now since I heard Rick. <laughs> to me, growth would be my decision. Change might be somebody else's decision, if that oh. makes sense. Yes, if I change, I feel like I'm doing it because somebody else expects me to, but maybe I'm backwards. I'm not sure. No, you brought up something really juicy. I like that. If I think I'm growing, I feel like it's more positive and more going to get in results or something. I do know a while ago when, when you mentioned the word four years, it's, it scared me to death because I didn't expect to be here four years. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Bridgetta, we've got too much for you to do. So. That's okay. I'm just looking one day at a time, that no. type of thing. I, should, I probably should have did that a long time ago instead of... Uh, Looking ahead, I do plan to make some changes or grow. I want to grow more. I want to make changes, and I plan to. I'm not sure everybody will be pleased. That's why I was asking you. As, and you know what I really like, Bridgetta, is you bring out a fact of mm-hmm. growing from the inside out is a very powerful process. Mm-hmm. You're right. When people force a change, it can be felt like a change is happening from the outside in, right? Yes. So that's why that balance thing in tonight's journey about balance and letting people know you're going to be growing. Do you think that clears the path for you to grow a little easier? Yes, I do, and I think that now that I've got most of the people weeded out <laughs> during the the holiday season, everybody expects me to go to the get-togethers, or they make out like they think I should, but in reality, they know that I can't go to certain places because I can't get over the steps, I can't do this, that, and the other, so I made an announcement. I called the, the host of the thing, and I said, I appreciate the invitation. I said, but until you allow me to drill a hole through the roof of your house (laughs) and you let me down on a rope or however, and you promise me that Jesus will be there to heal me, do not invite me to any more of your parties. There you are. His answer was this. We have a lot of windows in the house. And I said, I don't want to get cut in pieces. So that was it. <laughs> and I'll shut up now. Oh, Brigitte, talk about, hi, thanks for calling. We're out making changes in the world. If we don't call you back, I'm you're one of the changes. <laughs> I'm thinking about that, too. I really am. Uh, it's a fine line. Brigitte, another thing you bring up here is that whole concept of social graces, especially yes. during the holidays. We, we don't want to be seen as inhospitable or rude or not friendly. So we'll offer things to people just because we're supposed to. Did that make any yes. sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then when somebody actually follows up on it, like you did, you're like, oh, I should have kept my mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The whole thing about a drama-free life, creating a drama-free life, a drama-free day, a drama-free hour, man, what would next year be like if 
a day went by without any major drama, and then it's a couple days, and then it turns into a week, and then all of a sudden you recognize you've had a month where more or less there was no major drama. What would that be like? So peaceful. <laughs> it would be wonderful. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, wow. Some people might think that boring, but not me. I just love the time I get to have by myself even. I love it. Now, Marcia, you have to understand that means your chaos committee, and we've talked about this in other classes. Folks listening to this for the very first time, sorry, you're going to have to go back and listen to other classes to figure out what the chaos committee is all about. But <laughs> drama-free means from the inside out as well. <clears throat> Yeah. By being grounded, by being centered, when all hell breaks loose, we can navigate that chaos with far less stress. True or false? True. Do you have an example recently where you found yourself far less stressed out in the middle of something that would have really spun you out of control even just a year ago? I have plenty of examples, actually, but I think the most recent example that I can share is when I call people for these intakes, before I would just let them ramble on because I was too afraid to say, I'm sorry, I don't have the time to listen to all this. You don't need to tell me the whole story. I just need to get you to answer a few questions so I can see if you're coming to the right conference for this or if I need to send you to another one. But now I take control of it, and it's really helped me to keep that balance. The drivers, all of the people in the store, and before I would always come home and I'd just be totally frazzled, but now I'm able to look at them and stand back and not partake in it, and it's hilarious, some of the stuff that goes on while they're shopping and everything. <laughs> I went to the coffee shop after I served the other morning. It was like 8 o'clock in the morning, right? And I got Cheryl this really cool loaf of walnut, cranberry, hippie bread stuff, right? <clears throat> a guy right in front of me, he got the same bread. He got his slice. He got a cup of coffee and stuff, and then... And I, I was messing around over there. The guy picked up his bread and paid for it and walked away. I paid for mine, walked away, right? And then I happened to start to talk to the lady at the counter again, and I set my bread back down. And the guy runs up, like halfway across the whole place, grabs my bread, and starts to run away. I was like, well, wait a minute. I'm really loud and very aggressive. Now, normally, I would just knock him out. You don't run up to someone's bread and grab it and start running off. He goes, I thought it was mine. I, and I walked over to him, and I pulled it out of his hand, and I said, yours is sitting over there on the table, and yours not, idiot. You know? And I just walked away. I was like, oh, my goodness. He obviously was unconsciously, deliberately doing this because he thought I wasn't going to recognize or do anything about it. But normally, 20 years ago, put it to you this way, a guy butted in front of me in line at the grocery store, and I picked him up by the scruff of the neck and threw him out into the aisle because people shouldn't butt in front of people. I thought I was being bad. I was like, oh, crap, I shouldn't have done that, until everyone in the grocery store started to clap. And 
I was butting in on everyone all the time, and nobody knew what to do. I bet he doesn't butt in anymore. <laughs> That's harsh, but I'm just giving an example of the transformation that I've made over the last 30 years. Part of this drama-freeness is, at least for myself, I've noticed that when I get involved in conversations where my gut just tells me I really shouldn't be involved in this conversation, I've learned to listen to that more. And that seems to help me build a much less dramatic life. But that's my preference. I like to have life where it's a little more peaceful and serene. I know a number of people who... There isn't fireworks and all hell breaking loose every minute of the day. There isn't much to talk about. <laughs> so part of this call to action today, I do ask all of you to really stop and think about this concept of privacy and confidentiality. It might be tough to think in a world where everything right now is so instantly available thanks to so many different technologies. Privacy and confidentiality goes a long way. True? True. So think about that. If you need more privacy, if you want more confidentiality, you got to ask for it, don't you? Yes. <laughs> there is that minor detail. We got to ask for what we want. I think my major aha tonight was I'm looking forward to the whole idea of planning ahead and getting into that flow of balance, I think what it brought for me tonight was the idea of grace because, for me, grace is so important because, hey, that's what keeps me balanced. Thank you. Beautiful. Mahalo, Marsha. I'm Marsha. I'm looking forward to a year making some changes. Sounds like you're going to be trusting your gut more. Is that accurate, Brigitte? Yeah, that's accurate. Nice. I'm looking forward to that. That'll be fantastic. Watching Brigetta, she's like a stormtrooper or something, like a frontline <laughs> infantry. She's doing so well, even though she doesn't think so. My mom lives by herself, too. I know how difficult it has to be to live by yourself and then have other people help you. Oh, my goodness, I don't know if I could do it. So I'm really admirable and to Brigetta and thankful that she's on these calls to share that with us. Appreciate what Rick said. I think that one of the things I'm going to continue to work on is eliminating that drama. Marcia said, find balance. Find balance and get grounded and stay grounded. That is the key, balance. That is our goal with our journey, pay me what I'm worth, finding that balance. And that's one reason why I also offer these Holiday Blues Busters programs on an a la carte basis so that you can find your own balance with how much you want to get involved in these classes. All right, that's it. I look forward to seeing you in class. Aloha. Are you suffering from worth decay? Here's how you know you might be suffering from worth decay. If you think or feel worthless because of your age, health, finances, or your looks, guess what? You're suffering from worth decay. For those who really want to end worth decay, you'll call and register to be part of our unique self-paced program. Call 312-268-0000 to learn more about this program. <laughs>